like in that transition um, of being in the NFL, it's like you have to figure out how you can play at your highest level. And as a young athlete, we condition our skills, we condition our tools, uh, but we don't condition our mindset and our mentality for those defining moments. For me, my first defining moment was probably that time in college was my first real defining moment. My second one was that rookie year, which to be crazy, to, to just side note, I didn't ever think that I wasn't going to make the team. Hi, my name is Prince Daniels Jr. And I'm a former NFL running back, an author and thought leader who lives by the mantra, nothing is impossible unless you truly believe it is. I found the game beyond the game talk that talk as a place for thought-provoking and inspiring conversations with professional athletes discussing life's transitions. Game Beyond the Game is an ecosystem for professional athletes to cultivate the mindset to discover their overall purpose and vision in the game of life. And now, it's time to talk that talk with your MC, Stan Pearson II, and myself, Prince Daniels Jr. Special guest and featured guest, who has palm trees in the background, ladies and gentlemen, that's how you know you've made it. And he's a <laughs> from Legacy Manning, who is a former NFL wide receiver who played for six seasons with the Chargers, Panthers, and Dolphins. In high school, he played both sides of the ball, safety on defense, and quarterback on offense. And based his decision on the college he would attend based on the school that would allow him to play quarterback. After being faced with adversity, the realization that his dream to play in the NFL may not happen, he switched positions to play wide receiver, whereby his senior season at Boise State, he was leading the team in touchdowns and later getting drafted, drafted by the San Diego Chargers. Mm. Now, a surreal, uh, now a serial entrepreneur where he owns several training salons and medical spas, he also has a sports performance business where he helps athletes play at their highest level by focusing on the mindset it takes to actualize their full athletic potential. Wherever you are, clap your hands, stump your feet. Mr. Legadoo, Nani, man, how you doing, Legadoo? What's I'm good. I'm good. That was that was a mouthful right there. You, you got through that. <laughs> I appreciate that. I've been working on it. I've been- <laughs> Appreciate that. Listen, you're a great guy. You give awesome compliments. Uh, you're a Jordan fan. And you have palm trees in the background. I want to be you when I grow up. <laughs> Got LeBron James. <laughs> no, man. So, like, where do we start? First and foremost, like, let's do. Like, what's the origin of your name? Like, where, yeah, so- where, where are you from? Yeah, so um, I was born and raised in Portland, Oregon. My dad's Nigerian, and he moved mm. over here um, for college. So, you know, he had the deep roots there that he brought over here, and then my mom's American. So I, re- I was raised in kind of that kind of household. But Legadoo means good is coming. And so um, that's kind of the origin of it and where it came from and nice. kind of where I'm from. Nice, bro. Nice. Did you grow up with a big family or a small family? So kind of a small family, really, is me, my mom, my brother, my dad. And then um, with the way things work, my dad already had a family before he came over. So mm-hmm. I had brothers and, and sisters over there that I met, you know, throughout my life. But right. so it was kind of big in that sense. But it was like the my immediate family where the house I grew up. It was just me and my brother. Oh, OK. Same here, man. Uh, I'm, I'm the same way. Father's from Ghana, Africa, had, a, had brothers and sisters over there. and. You know, when I came here, it was just me and my dad, and 
and uh, my stepbrother. So that was it, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But it it, it it was a great upbringing, and I had that that discipline type of upbringing. So I'm pretty sure that you had that same type of upbringing. No doubt. No the, the doubt. At home. What was that like? You mentioned your mother being American, your dad being African. Was there some cultural difference in how things happen in the home? No doubt about it. Um, I mean, as far as my dad's dynamic, you know, education was the path. You know, education was the the path to being an engineer, a doctor, anything that would create the opportunity. That was the path and the only path that he saw. And so um, my mom was more like, I just want you guys to be successful, whatever you guys want to do. So there was that dynamic. But then like when I was so like with youth sports, um, I remember there was a point in time where I, I wasn't getting good grades. And so my dad's answer was that I wouldn't be play, playing sports because I wasn't focused on school. And so uh, there was a, a period of time there where we had to kind of keep it under the rug that we were playing and going to these games and things. But but that was his that was his thing, because that was the way that he saw. And, he, you know, football is fine and whatever basketball, baseball track, I did it all. It's all fine. But he's like, OK, this is where we get serious at. So for him, it wasn't until I got that college scholarship that he was like, OK, OK, I see the path. You know, like he was like, I see the path because it's he just wanted me to be successful, too. And he just was kind of like, don't focus on these other distractions. This is the way. But obviously there's more than there's more than one way. Uh, it's like they, they both wanted the same for you, but found like there's two different ways of, of accomplishing that goal and right. getting into that specific success. Yeah. So you, you mentioned that grades was a, a, a big thing in your family, um, in the household. Um, what were your grades like growing up in school and in, in middle school, high school? Did you take that seriously? Because I know for me, I did. Because if I would have came home with a seat, my dad was just like... <laughs> You will not play football anymore. <laughs> right. Right. No, for me, I didn't I didn't take school seriously because it for me it came easy. Like so in elementary school, middle school, like it was easy, you know, and then high school it was the same thing. It was easy. And it was it was something that I knew it, somehow I knew it it didn't like a lot of the stuff didn't matter, kind of. Not that I didn't try or I didn't apply myself, but it was like in high school, it was like I, maybe the interest level wasn't there. That's what I found out later. Mm-hmm. So the interest level, as far as what I was, the classes I was taking, wasn't there. You can choose kind of some of your classes, but it's not until you get college that you can be like, "This is what I'm interested in," and and like you fall in love with those classes. So in high school, I remember, you know, I I always got good grades, three or you know, but like I wasn't, I wasn't applying to do it. It was just like I could do that. And so um, I remember I had a math teacher my my junior my junior year in high school, and I had math was my first class of the day and I'm, I'm to this day run late so i had like 35 tardies to this class and he like i remember one time he pulled me aside after class and he was like look if you can't figure this out there's no way you're going to be successful in life you know he was serious like he, he was really concerned and it wasn't that it was like for me like it wasn't it didn't push me you know like it wasn't challenging and so like once i got to college and then it was like I could choose classes I was taking. It was in, in areas where I had interest. And then it was like, as I was studying, it was like, it was, you're like, whoa, whoa. You know, like you're really digging deep on that stuff. And then not only that, it is more challenging. There is more demand there. There is more of a, a pride. And, and as far as like when you're on a college depth chart and you're especially the quarterback on the team, right. your GPA is right there that they're competing or comparing next to the next guy when you're competing for the spot. You know, it's not just about what you guys do on the field. They're also looking at, 
what's he doing in the classroom? What's he doing off the field and all those things. So, so in college is where it really got, really got serious and as a, a point of focus for me. Wow. That's interesting. You bring that up because they're looking at all types of depth charts to do it from an academic standpoint, especially in college. And so what was it like in high school or let's say, was there a point where you fell in love with, you know, football? I know you played both sides of the ball, say from junior high to high school. What was that like from an academic standpoint and certainly on the field to let you know, hey, I love this game? Well, for me, I wanted to be Dion. Like I wanted to be a pro baseball player, pro football player. And so baseball at that time was my favorite sport. Football was kind of second. Basketball was in there too. So in high school, um, my freshman year, actually, for um, the state champion, for the state playoffs for baseball, I got pulled up to varsity. In football, I played freshman varsity the whole season. I mean, freshman the whole season. And so I got my really kind of first taste of like that high level play my freshman year in baseball. But then I also played, you know, played football in the fall season of my sophomore year. And that was the first year I played varsity. And so then when you get play varsity, obviously you have tape, you're starting to get that recruiting interest. And that's when I got the recruiting interest, that's when I was like, okay, there's something here that I need to focus on. And so um, that fall of my sophomore year, I still played basketball in the, in the winter, but that spring, rather than doing baseball, I ran track because I realized that, okay, if I want to play D1 football, I need to get my speed up. So that's where I, I think kind of really shifted my focus when I started to see those recruiting letters come in. And, you know, like I'm talking about like a shoebox full of letters where I, I mean, it wasn't my goal. I wasn't even, obviously it was my goal to get to college, but it was like at that time, I wasn't like, okay, I, I'm expecting to see it right now. And then I saw it and I was like, okay, I need to go all in on this. And so that's where I really focused. <laughs> Yeah. Was that just from your own, own recognizance that you said, yo, I need to lock in? And what did, you know, family think about, yo, this, you've changed. Like, you're really focused. Is that something that people saw in you? What made you go ahead and say, yo, now's the time? I think, I think the fact, so when my eighth grade year going into high school, we actually took a trip to Nigeria and we went there for six weeks. And while we were there, the diet is a lot different and everything's different. And so over the time, I'm, I'm, I was picky. I didn't eat a lot of the stuff there. I ended up losing 30 pounds. And so I came back into um, that season's baseball um, all-star state, state championship. And so when I came back, it was like that six weeks that I was gone, I saw a little gap in between where I should have been and like where my peers were. So that's where I was like, okay. And then when I saw football take off, I was like, okay, I'm going to focus on this. As far as like my parents or people around me seeing anything different, I mean, I was always like that, always like that from, from the jump, from when I played t-ball, baseball, basketball, youth, whatever it was, I was about it. I had the ankle weights on outside. I was, I was always doing it, you know? So like, it wasn't like, okay, oh, now he's focused. No, I was always focused. But then it was like, I, rather than shooting 10 arrows, I was shooting one, you know, so like that was the thing that changed. Congratulations. What was the, what was the transition like for you? Were there any struggles that you felt like you, that you dealt with, let's say from high school into college, you know, and obviously there were the position changes that happened or mm -hmm. difficult transition that maybe you dealt with during that time. I would say that's probably the, the hardest transition. And, and the thing about it for me was it kind of blindsided me. I wasn't really, I knew there would be a transition, but it, you don't know what the transition is going to be. And so that was the first time that 
you look across and you're like, okay, these dudes are just as good as you are. You know, they want it just as bad as you do. They're working just as hard as you are. They're willing to do the same things. You're being coached by the same person. And so like, that was the first time that it was like, obviously it's part of the process. So you're all in it and you're fighting, you're scratching, you're clawing, you're doing what you can do. But um, as far as like, my sophomore year. So with, with a quarter, so I was a quarterback and that's, I, I think probably the, the biggest part of it is that there's only one quarterback. It's not like mm. a receiver or a safety or corners or linebackers where you can, you can get on if you're one of the top four guys, you know, like quarterback, you got to be that dude. And if you're not that dude, you're on the side doing signals. So, <laughs> my, so my sophomore year, when it, we had a, uh, an open quarterback battle um, with whom, who are you so there, with? so the the guy there's two th- two other guys I was competing with. One was Jared Zabransky. He was in my same recruiting class, and then the other guy was Mike Sanford. He was a year older than us, and he's now the head coach, or he's a a college coach now. So, at the time, we had a head to head open competition, and they basically said we're looking for the guy that's going to have the highest QBR, most completion percent, or most completed passes, least amount of INTs, highest red zone percentage best on third down just everything right we're not looking just at the spring game we're looking at one-on-ones seven on sevens every practice that's what they said this is because at that point it was like we all could do it but it was like they wanted the guy to take the job they didn't want to have to be the guy you know call it out so i was like okay i know exact because up until that point i didn't know what they were looking for like every day you should like i had a quarterback in my same class so every day i'm looking at like okay who's who's he sending in for the first rep Okay, who's he feeling today? Who's he even eye contact to? Who's he, you know, so you're trying to read on all these cues and that creates other mind games within itself that affect your performance. But at this point in time, they said, no, this is what we're looking for. And I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to work on. So that whole off season, I worked on all those things. I made sure I was ready, went through spring ball, led the charts on all those numbers. Um, and going into the exit meetings, I'm thinking, okay, either I'm going to be the guy or it's going to be between me and one of these other guys. Okay, we're going to take this period through fall camp and see who kind of sorts it out. Uh, that's what I'm expecting as I go into this meeting. So I go in and, you know, he kind of is like talking and he's like, you know, well, you know, you, you did what we asked, but uh, no, I just can't put my finger on it. And he's like, we're going to go with Jared is ultimately, he, we're going to go with the other guy that was in your class. And so I'm like, okay, you know, like as he says it, I'm like, thinking, how am I going to get the spot? You know, like so ready to compete. So I'm like, okay, I'm okay. I'm like, cause at this point, Jared doesn't have experience. You know, he hasn't gone out there and done it. I mean, we can go out there week one and he could be playing bad and it's like, go. And it's my turn to take it. So I'm like, I'm preparing myself mentally for how I'm going to be ready for that opportunity. And so then in the same meeting, he's like, you know, and then we're going to go with Mike as the backup. Cause Mike was a year older. So he wanted the experience at backup. So I go from this meeting that I'm expected to be the guy or competing for it to I'm third on the depth chart and I'm a sophomore in college and my dreams to get to the NFL always has been since it was always to be a pro athlete. Once it was football, it was like, okay, it's NFL. So I'm like sophomore year. I'm like, that was the first time I realized that it might not happen. Like for real, for real, looking in the mirror, talking to myself, like it might not happen. Like if I'm a sophomore, I'm not going to have any film. They're not going to know. They, it can be great that everybody raves about me at practice and I have all these highlights at practice, but it's like, if it's not on Saturdays, nobody cares. So it's like, I'm looking at all these things. And then aside from that, I'm like, 
dang, did are these dudes cheating me? Like, should I even stay? Like, is it even a real opportunity? Because how, how didn't you? Like, so, how did you have the wherewithal to you know just kind of stay poised, especially as a young man at that point? I w- I don't know if I was I was that poised. Like, I, I would yell at somebody. I'd yell at somebody <laughs> for sure. So how so how did you you know let's say you know have the wherewithal to go okay this is what's going to happen. This is how I feel. Yeah. Or did you not have the wherewithal? Because I've, I've, I've been in that situation several times before. And my cousin, uh, Demarius Bilbo, um, who was a big time agent, you know, for clutch sports, he, um, he went through the same transition. So please share it with our audience. Yeah. Hey, will you keep it on this three right here? I like this better. Yeah. 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 Okay. I (laughs) I got you, bro. Um, so how did I have the wherewithal? I think because, so for me, I knew there was options. So I was like, okay, after that meeting, I left, I went home and I cried. Cause I'm like, it's not going to happen for me. How am I going to figure it out? So my, my options for figuring it out was I'm going to transfer schools. At this time, there was no transfer portal. There was none of that. It was like, if you're transferring schools, you're going one double A if you want to play right away or you're sitting out a year. And so for me, I, I'm like, I don't want to go one double A. It's going to, as far as like trying to get to the NFL as a black quarterback coming from one double A, it's just an uphill battle. It's like, I need to be playing at this level and that's, what's going to help me get on. So I was like, okay, lined up a scholarship at, at a double A school, had everything ready to go. And then it just didn't feel right. Like in my gut, it didn't feel right. And I, what started, what I, what I started thinking about was a couple things. One was I started thinking about those first two years and how I was always looking over to see what the coach, who we was thinking and how my play was like this. And I, and I knew I wasn't playing to my full level. You know what I mean? Like I was still making plays, but like realistically, when I'm looking at the film, I'm like, I'm not playing like how I, how I play. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, you're looking for that level of approval, which kind of lowered your standards. Yeah. And then it was like, I would have good days. I'd have bad days. And when I'm having bad days and I'm looking for it and it's like, I'm not seeing it. Then I'm reading into something else. And so as I'm like evaluating my option, I'm like, if I'm being real with myself, number one, I haven't played at my highest level. Number two, if I transfer schools, how can it not be the same thing? Right? Like they're going to say whatever they want to get you there because you're a tool that's going to help them win. You know, so they're, yeah, get here. And da, 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 da. But I just went through all that. Like I had, I just chose my whole school based on, I could have gone to any school to play safety corner or an athlete where they just figure it out. Once I get there, I didn't want to do that. That's why I went to that school. So when that was taken off the table, it was like, and I saw how it went down, not just it was taken off the table, but how it was going down. I'm like, okay, I'm going to switch schools. And there's realistically, this could play that, that could be real. And at that point I would have to just do it because my clock would be would be running out. So I decided, okay, I'm going to stay because I wasn't playing to my full potential. And I knew that if I would have left, I always would have wondered what if. Mm. Like I loved, I loved the school. I loved the guys on the, on the team. I loved the city. Like we were building a, like a great, like you could feel it. We were building something together. It was like my thing wasn't going right. That was the only thing, the only piece of the equation that wasn't right. Everything else was like right in line with everything. And it was like, this is the only thing. So I was like, okay, I'm going to stay. But if I don't make it to the league, it's going to be on me. 
It's not going to be because the coach didn't give me an opportunity. It's not going to be because they chose him. It's not going to be because of anybody. Like I made that promise to myself right then. Like it's going to be on me. Like I'm never going to say, oh, well, if they would have just, if I would have got the spot, like I should. And I took that off the table right there. And then when I did that, I said, I'm going to do everything that I can to be so ready for that opportunity when it does come. When I get my opportunity to get out there, whether it's garbage time, whether this dude gets hurt, whether he comes out for a play because he's out of breath, whatever it is. I, I, I was like, when I get my opportunity, I'm, I'm going to be so prepared that they're not going to be able to take me off. Oof, so Let me stop you right there. Let me stop you right there. So let me ask you a quick question. So how old were you at that time? This was my sophomore year. So I was, what, 20? Yeah, about 20. Probably 20. So. 20? What allowed you to have that type of insight to be able to think all of these things through? You know, did you talk to your, your dad, your mom about this and they laid it out for you so you can see every option that you have? Because, man, the, the decision that you made was sound like a, a very mature and enlightened individual made those decisions for you. But you made them yourself. So please share share that with us. Yeah, I mean, like my thing was like from. Like I said, day one, I, when I was doing all this stuff, but it was like all the sports, it was like I was clear on what I wanted to do. And so, like, for me, like, I had seen all the stories of guys talking about what they sh- could have and should have would have done. And, you know, you like I was like, I'm not going to be that guy. Like, I'm not. So. I'm going to do everything like I, I can't react emotionally. I can't like I would see these dudes that would be like so worried about who the coach was feeling that they couldn't, they'd get their opportunity. They'd drop the ball. They'd be offsides. They commit a penalty. Like you would just see it. And it's like, I'm not going to be that guy. Like I'm going to just. And so like, for me, it was like, at that point in time, I was, I was like, this is it. I'm a, I'm a sophomore in college. And if I stay here, I'm, I'm marrying the decision right now. I'm not going to stay here. And then in six weeks, come back and have the same conversation. So I think yeah. that I knew that that moment, I don't know. I don't know how <laughs> I just, I just knew that with the timing of what I wanted to do and studying how the trajectory, just how it goes, you need to have two years of film as a quarterback. You need to have three. That's why I was really feeling it my sophomore year, but I'm like, okay, either way, if I have two and I come in lights out, I'm going to get an opportunity. So I was like, I'm just going to be ready for that opportunity. I'm going to be so ready that they can't take me off. And like, I, that was the only thing, that was the only way I, I could show up every day. Right. That was the only way that I could keep doing it because otherwise you feel like it's like for no reason. So fast forward to that season starting. Right. So I'm thinking, I'm, you know, obviously I'm third on the depth chart, but everybody knows what happens when the bullets start flying during the game, they're going to throw the guy out there. Who's going to win the game. Right. Yeah. So I already know I'm third on the depth chart, but as soon as, as soon as it's real, they're going to put me in because I'm showing out every day of practice. I'm not waiting for that. I'm showing out at practice, like fall camp. I'm acting like I'm the starter. Every, how I'm carrying myself, how I'm conducting myself from everything I'm doing. Like I'm the starter. I mean, I'm not trying to take this dude's nobody's stuff, but like I'm, I'm on it. I'm seeing what he's seeing. I'm communicating with them. I'm, I'm so during fall camp, when you're not the guy, all of a sudden, conversations a two-way conversation rather than a three-way conversation so rather than just being the third wheel out no 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 i was still getting in there okay what are we talking about like i'm still here and i'm still picking up the nuggets i'm still applying those to my game and a lot of times that's where people kind of like oh well and then, and then they kind of separate themselves so i didn't let let that happen i'm like i'm gonna pray like i'm the guy i'm gonna be ready for my opportunity week one opportunity doesn't come you know he plays well we win okay week two win week three win week four 
win. Now he's got, he's got some swag about himself. The team's feeling him. Week five, win. Going to bye week. We're 5-0. and He's the guy. It's clear. It's cut. It's defined. 5-0 now, guy. He's the guy. And it's bye week, so I'm still preparing like I'm the guy, right? So I'm in, I'm in there watching film. It's, I could be doing whatever I want to be doing. I'm in there watching film, preparing for that next game. So as I'm sitting in there, I'm breaking down this film, this Dolphin Scout comes in and he's looking for a, a film room to kind of scout. And so he asks who I am. We kind of chat for a second. He's like, why don't you just switch to receiver? And I'm like, I'm a quarterback. You know, like I told everybody else, they always want me to switch to something else, switch to tight end, switch to safety, switch to, it was always switch to something else. And I'm like, no, I'm a quarterback. And so when he asked, I'm, I'm a quarterback. And so we kind of wrapped up a conversation. He, he left the room. I finished my film session. And then I just remember going home and that conversation kind of just in the back of my head, why don't you just switch to receiver? Just kept going on. Why don't you like, and, and then as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, well, I already obviously know all the plays. I know all the receiving positions, which is an advantage because most guys only know the X, the Y, or the Z. I'll know where the quarterback's looking. I'll know, like, I'll have the advantage. So I'm like, okay, I got two years left. I'm, I'm prototype size. Okay. I can, and then that's when I realized my dream was to get to the NFL. And it was like, I wanted to be an NFL quarterback. I wanted to be an NFL quarterback. I thought I could, all that. My dream was to go to the NFL. And when I started running that list through my mind, it was like, my dream to get to the league. This is my path to the league. And so I ended up switching to receiver with that same blueprint, though. I came in. I didn't have routes. I couldn't separate i didn't i wasn't good at the line of scrimmage like there's all that stuff and they had already recruited dudes from all over the country that could play that could run that could ball and it was like how how are you going to get on the field how are you going to you know and so i had to apply myself and do the same thing kind of build it up and that's what i did how did you start from the ground up again like what was it something did you have a schedule that you abided by you know morning noon and night that allowed you to say okay I know what it takes. It's one of those things where people say, like, rich folks, even if they get broke, they know how to get rich again. Is that right. one of those things from a work ethic standpoint? Like, even if you have to start over, you know where to get back to where you were before. Right. So my whole thing, like, my little thing that I did was, like, I identified what my and then some was going to be. My thing that I was going to be over and above as far as, like, the, the, the things that we all had to do. Because, you know, in college, there's not a lot of extra time. It's not like I can be like, okay, well, then after class, then I'm going to hit it again. Like, there's not really that much time. So, so it was like, okay, so how can I get my and then some in the film room? Okay, well, I'm going to get, when they're coaching up somebody else on their technique, I'm taking that note as if I did it. I'm, applying, I'm getting that wisdom. I'm applying it to my game. Um, when I get to practice, rather than getting to practice and going through the motions, now I'm going to get there 20 minutes early and I'm going to be focused on either my weakness from the practice before or something that I'm trying to focus on building up after practice, any rep that I, so, and so that's before practice at practice, I'm not missing a rep. So if I'm not in, I'm watching the position from the pre-snap. I'm going to know the play call. I'm watching the pre-snap. I'm getting the pre-snap read. I'm seeing what I would be doing. I'm seeing what he did. And when he did something different, I'm asking why, what did you see? How'd you know getting that after practice? If I made a mistake, if there was something that didn't feel right, if I was preparing for a specific opponent or working on a specific weakness, that's where I repped it out after practice. Uh, 
So in every part of the preparation, I just identified what my end then some is going to be. And then I was just consistent and diligent about it. So in every part, like in the weight room, off season, all that, what's my end then some? It's always just little three things. Right. So you just became a student of the game. Yeah. Yeah. But my, so like my whole thing was, so I was always kind of into personal growth. Mm -hmm. And so like on the side, as far as like the sports thing, I started seeing this stuff and I'm like, this can help you with this too. You know? So it was like, so it was like more about like, I was always just knew that if I somehow figured out, if I just focus on what I could do, and that was kind of my decision to, you know, switch positions. If I just focus on what I can do and I'm consistent about it, that's kind of how I got myself off of the, the looking for the coach validation thing. I'm going to figure out what I can do and I'm going to do it. And if that's all I can control, I can't, I can't control if they want him to be the guy I can't Mm. control if they, you know, I can't control that. But what I can control is when I'm out there, they're going to know what I can't control is that my teammates are going to tell me, Hey, we think you're the guy or, or Hey, you know, in the spring game, we were running safety blitzes that we didn't run all spring that no other quarterback saw, but we ran them against you, you know? So it was like, there were certain things that came up where it was like, I could have focused on all that, but it was like, no, that's, and I would have been right to, I could have got hot. I could have blew up, but it was like, for me, it was like, that's not, I was trying to go somewhere and it was like that obstacle or those interferences. If I would have let them, they would have stopped me from getting there, slowed me down. So rather than trying to be focused on them, I just kind of weaved through with it. Yeah. You see it, you see it. You just don't acknowledge it. You just keep moving and you keep pushing. And you keep focused on where you're going. Ooh, man, we got we got some some comments from the audience and they said, and then some incredible to have mm-hmm. been able to identify what your secret sauce was at an early age. You know, we got it. That's a great example of discipline. And someone also asked in college, did you see the nuance of your father's teaching focusing one on education and not sports? You know, did that help you out and making you a lot of your decisions? And and because really what I feel that you've done is is laid everything out and dialed in on, okay, this is what's, you looked at the statistics of everything. This is what's going to yield me the opportunity to be able to play in the NFL or, you know, like follow my dream and make it, make it become a reality because for you to allow for your emotions, not to uh, steer you away from not making it to your goal. It takes a lot of discipline and you, you showed that at a young age, like, where did that come from? And well, yeah, I think a part, a huge part of it was the upbringing. And I think the background, you know, like mm-hmm. from an early lesson or from an early age. So my growing up, my dad owned seven elevens. And so me and my brother, seven, eight years old would be counting deposits in the back, taking out the cans, bagging the can, just always doing something right. Just always had us on the track and we always were held responsible for things at an early age. So it was like, I think that was a huge part of it. Um, the education thing, I think, always mattered. I don't want to downplay it like it never mattered. It was just like it was never challenging until college. And then I was like, dang, not only because I'm like, for me, I, I always loved math class, English class, like the history stuff, the chemistry stuff. Uh, the math it makes sense. This means this. It's logical. Got it. When I went to college, then when I went to college, and then it was like I had a psych 101 class, and that was the first time that I was like, "Whoa!" Because because th- I'm going through this competition on the field, but then I'm reading this stuff, and it was like, "Whoa!" 
I could, I could see. And then, and then I just started interjecting things that I was learning as I was doing it. And then, but you know, I'm also learning from, I'm watching the combine every year. I'm watching the, but I'm watching these guys, not like a fan, but as like a student, right. I'm learning. I'm trying to take away. I'm seeing how these dudes are interviewing. I'm seeing all this stuff. And I'm trying to like, I'm trying to add it to my game. And so I think that just over time, I think that's what was, what was so cool was that I was always just trying to like pick up these little nuggets along the way. And I think just at that defining moment and, or those defining moments throughout my career, the, the work or the conditioning of just trying to like the, you said putting the emotions on the side, not being affected in college, no doubt they were there. There was days where it was just like before. And it was like, I had to have that conversation. I could either go into that pitfall or I could remember what I told myself and what I need to be doing. Right. Or, you know, it's e- like there, there was still that there, but rather than it being like this, it'd be more even. And rather than letting myself be mad at the coach or be salty at this over here, it was like, no, I was just focused on what I could be doing. I was just dialed in on me. And so over time, what happened with that is it, it, it started taking out the dips to then where I started increasing. And then the cool thing I wanted that was when I switched to receiver that I think really helped with that transition too was so for three years, two and a half years, I was a quarterback and like, there were some guys thought I should be the guy. There were some guys that just saw me working like, dang, why don't you just switch positions so he can just play? You know, like there's some people that are saying that like from day one, just switch and you'd be playing. You only have to red shirt, you know? So it was like, there was all that. But the cool thing was, was, was that guys still saw me as that guy, as the leader, as, so it was like, they would come to me with those same type of things. The guy that was the guy had a certain level of respect for me. And we have a great relationship because we battled and because he knows what I bring to the table and vice versa, that it just made the whole team stronger. And so I think really buying into that role for me, and then just getting the added value of that reassurance of guys being like, you know, still like Oh, okay, you know, you're still like you're still a, a mentor and a leader on the team, even though you're not the quarterback. Like traditional, we thought it was only the quarterback that's that role, but it was like I was still having that role, and I think it just helped the transition, and you know, and it just helped help help me to kind of navigate it. That's a sure sign of a leader, man. So, like, yeah, you you are a natural born leader. So, kudos to you, man. That's awesome. Heck yeah. It, it reminds me of number one, the quote of how you do one thing is how you do everything. It may be a Chinese proverb or something like that, but the notion of those kind of skills are always transferable. And not just that, being willing to do something, I think, in, in younger athletes or folks anyway listening and watching, but certainly folks that want to operate at an elite level, take what they learn and then they apply it to the present situation and controlling what they can control, which is interesting that whether it be in math and what makes sense or whether it be in psychology, be like, oh, this is... And it helps you work through these things you wouldn't otherwise be paying attention to or be privy to, which kind of leads me to, you know, as you transition into, obviously you're drafted and even into the world as an entrepreneur, what things, what skills that do you think were consistent or that helped you thrive in both areas? You weren't in the league for just a couple of years. You were there for six years, a few different teams got a chance to, you know, play the way that you wanted to play uh, for a period of time at the highest level. And then being a serial entrepreneur, if you will. So what things have you been able to use? What skills have kind of helped along that transition? And were there any tough parts of that transition? No doubt. Um, So I was drafted in the fifth round. And the team that drafted me drafted a receiver also in the first round. So when I was going in day one, I already knew what time it was. Like 
this guy's going to get the first opportunity and then you'll get what's left over kind of thing. You know, like that's kind of just how it goes, especially with the first round pick. So I'm, I'm already kind of stepping into it with, okay, assessing the situation. So like coming from college, I was kind of, that's how I conditioned myself to kind of assess it, figure out what I can do. What are my incentives going to be? What's my game plan going to be? And then just high level execution. Right. And then through my execution, always assessing and just, just hold myself accountable. Like, dang, you didn't show up today. Okay. You killed it today. You did this, this, and this tomorrow. We got to do this, this, and this, but we're going to add this. So just constantly, like, that was my thing. Like that was my kind of blueprint for success from the NFL. And so when I got there, um, before I got there, I'd always kind of researched and just kind of listened on what the, the things, and you'd always kind of hear this term, like the more you can do, right? You'd always hear that in the, the NFL films and all that stuff. But then when I got there, um, you get there and you're like, okay, what is it going to be like, you know, like your whole life, you've kind of been looking for something. And then you get there, you're like, okay, is this, are, everybody's the same size. Oh, one or two dudes are, you know, huge or, extraordinary 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 fast or whatever but everybody's kind of the same but then you get into the drills and then practice starts and you see the precision and you see the execution and you see the focus and you're like okay this is the nfl and so that was the thing that i realized was like okay those two things the more you can do and it's in the execution. They don't care that you're a rookie. You're being compared to that seven-year vet. And there's 53 spots. And six of those spots are going to be receivers. You're being evaluated on these things. So it was like, okay, identify, knowing what I was being evaluated on. And then um, the more you could do. So, so I thought, started thinking about how can I add value? How can I add value? So how you could add value, obviously, with playing every special team. And you know, coming from college, a lot of the times... The guys that are in the NFL, like in the fifth round position, where the guy on their team never played special teams. So when you get have to play special teams in the league, it's like, what you want me to do? What? So it's like half, thing, half of, man. yeah. So half of OTAs, it's dudes going through these drills half-hearted, making mistakes, but they're putting it on film. So so I was like, okay, I need to do that. I need to do this at a high level. I need to like figure out how I can be a, a top two depth chart guy at doing these things, and then just bust my tail every day but i you know still did that and then something as far as like before and after and then people are seeing you do that and then you're seeing so i was never missing reps so i'm watching these vets and i'm seeing how they're executing and i'm seeing the things that, that they're doing and then i just started applying it to my game just start adding little things or trying it out right and then what happened was over time they would see you over there and at first they're hazing you you know look a little rook over there trying to you know but then you're competing you're catching the ball. You're finishing. You're 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 fighting that dude back. You're beating that other vet where they're like, okay, all right, we see you. You know, when you start doing that, and then it goes kind of from that haze to like, okay, now nah, dude's gonna be on the squad. We got to get him right. We got to help fine tune him faster. We got to make sure he's an even sharper asset for the squad. So like that was kind of my transition. I came in and it was like, oh, what's he doing over there trying to? And then it was like. You know, I started proving myself and then they're like, okay, well, dude's going to be here. Like, we need to make sure he's right. And then I was always willing to learn. Like, like there's a certain amount of pride as an athlete that it does take. Like you have to be a little, there's, you have to have a switch that you got to be able to go to, but you also have to be able to be a student at all times. Like you have to be able to lose and be able to figure out why you lost. Not, oh, I'm gonna get you next time. Why did he beat you that time? 
you don't know, you better ask them. Right. You like, so like there's, there's that humbleness that you have to be able to have about yourself that you have to, to, to be able to always get the information. So like, that was my thing is I was always going to get the information. You might've beat me last for it, but guaranteed next time I come up, I'm gonna have that info. I'm like, let's go. You know? So like, that was kind of my mindset. And so like throughout my whole career, that's like what I, what I always kind of transferred and used. And really my goal was to play 10. I played six, you know? So like, it's like, cool. Yeah. I played six, but my goal is to play 10. So it's like always kind of that, like, it's always, I think in no matter what area of life it is, I think there's always, you're always chasing something to get something, you know? So I think it just, another example of that. That's awesome, bro. That's yeah. awesome. You know, opportunity to grow anytime. It's like, you know, you appreciate the journey, but I always would have liked it a, a little more of the journey, uh, which is, right. uh, again, life in itself. It's like the, the better life gets, you always just want more of it, knowing that, you know, at some point, some piece of it will end, but you certainly enjoy it along the way. You know, big time. So if you don't mind me asking, it seemed like you, you, you're you so insightful. You you pay attention to detail, which can often, that, that can drive other folks crazy. And they're like, oh, mm. he, here's a guy trying to do everything again. Like, <laughs> did you ever get that? Did, did anyone ever not like you? Because like, oh, this guy's coach's pet out here. What are you trying to tackle everybody? Trying to do everything? Trying to read everything? Did you get any, did you get any pushback because of your approach to what you do? And heck, in in the business world and on the field, I'd say on the field, yeah, a little bit. And 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 really, I think what it comes down to is scarcity, right? Everybody's assessing the situation and see there's only so many spots. So it, usually, the guy that's doing that is the guy that's going to be cut because he's focused on things he can't control, right? The guys that are doing the guys that are making the fifty three are all doing the same thing. They're all programmed the same way. You know, it's just this guy's doing it with 10 out of 10 talent. This guy's doing it with 10 years experience. This guy, you know, so it's just different levels, but the guys that are doing it are operating at a certain level. So you would hear that. And like, those are guys that are either have been there and got comfortable and it's somebody's coming to take their spot or it's that point, right? About mid training camp where it goes from everybody's going to make the squad to people realizing they're counting roster spots. Like, dang, I'm not going to make the squad. And that's like, that's real. And then that's what happens is people start reasons why and the excuses. And then, you know, all that stuff. Like almost take themselves out. There's a question from Labor Lisa. And that's what are you chasing now? Yes. So, so transitioning from playing, you know, obviously went into business here in San Diego. And so, that was more of a transition. Obviously, like I went to school for business management to run businesses. My dad ran businesses as a kid. So like that was the next step for me. But like now that I've kind of taken care of like, okay, I can transition and be able to pay my bills. Now, like my, what the thing I'm chasing is being able to help athletes do what I did. And for me, when I say do what I did, it's not make it to the NFL. It's be able to go all in I'm playing at your highest level. And I think the thing that I learned through my journey and through playing in the NFL, ultimately in the NFL is where it was reinforced, is that you're competing against the best football players in the world. When you really break it down, you're competing against the best football players in the world. And all you can do, there's going to be some times where you're just in a physical matchup nightmare. This dude's going to be a Hall of Famer, and you know it. And so does the media and everybody knows. And you, you're, you're, that's your matchup this week. How are you going to win? Right. You have to be able to take your mind there. How are you going to win? And so 
like in that transition um, of being in the NFL, it's like you have to figure out how you can play at your highest level. And as a young athlete, we condition our skills, we condition our tools, uh, but we don't condition our mindset and our mentality for those defining moments. For me, my first defining moment was um, probably that time in college was my first real defining moment. My second one was that rookie year, um, which to be crazy, to to just side note, I didn't ever think that I wasn't going to make the team. And that's why I think it's crazy because I like looking back, I'm like, I could have easily not made the team. Like when you really look at it, but like at that time I was just so focused that like not making the team wasn't even like, it wasn't even a a possibility. But when I look back now, I'm like, damn, you had like some balls to kind of think that, you know, but like, no, I I don't think, I don't think so. I think the confidence came from within because I had that same mentality. I I went in and I remember guys talking about, man, you know, they they just cut so-and-so yesterday. I was just like, who cares? It doesn't matter to me. You know, like I'm focused on this goal that's in front of me and nothing else will stop me from getting there. So, you know, I, I feel that you debilitate yourself when you start focusing on those, those mm-hmm. weak minded thoughts, you know, cause that's not helping you get towards your goal. So I mean, you had it. In. And that's what I see. Like I, I see, I, I saw it as a player in college. I saw the guys on the side that with the same experience as me, but they just took the feedback and went a different way. I saw the same thing when I was in the NFL with the guys that were trying to make it, you'd always see the same kind of cycle. And then once you're three, four, five, six years in, you're like, Oh, it's the same pattern. It's the same pat. You see the pattern play out for real. And so now coaching young athletes and just being around athletes, I'm like, no, that's not the way. So like, for me, what I'm chasing is being able to give people the tools to like, maybe your, your, your highest level is high school ball. But if you can play at your highest level in high school ball, you can transition to whatever you do and know how to play at your highest level. Kind of how you were saying, you know, how once you know how to get it, doesn't matter the situation, you can get to it and figure it out. If, if you can, if you can take the, if you can understand how to be able to do that for yourself to whatever level that takes you as an athlete, once you switch and transition to whatever you do, it's the same thing. You know, it's being able to assess the situation, create a game plan, hold yourself accountable and, and be consistent. You know, and so like, but you have to, but you have to condition. It's not just about like, okay, I got it. And then going and doing it. No, you have to condition yourself to think and operate that way through the feedback that you get through the emotions that you have, you know, and and that's where a lot of these athletes go wrong. And so like, that's what I'm chasing now is like, okay, figuring out how I can package that because like, like, how do you package that? You know, that was one thing I went through. How do you package that? So now that I figured out how to package it, how to teach it, like now my, my, what I'm chasing is how do I get as many athletes as I can to, to experience that. Nice. Well, someone asking, what are you doing now? You know, like specifically, like, are you coaching? Are you uh, running these businesses, businesses, entrepreneur? What are you doing now? Yeah. So, so both. (laughs) So I run the businesses, me and my wife, um, we have three, we just, we have four tanning salons and a medical spa. And nice. so, um, as far as those transitioning from ball, we were boots on the ground, you know, in there behind putting in the work. And then now we built it to the point where we now have management teams and we report with the management teams. We do our store visits. So it's, it's less time demanding. So I still do that. And then also, um, with the athlete training. So with my athlete training, it's everything's digital. 
and um, so it's a digital platform. So I'm able to reach the athlete. Um, and, and the thing is, is that there's so much training and things out there and there's so many tools that you can do, you know, and you can YouTube and figure it out, but it's like, I feel like having a system for the other part was more important. So that's where I really wanted to focus at. And, um, so now 70, probably 75% of my time is on that now. Oh, congratulations. That's awesome. Now, I got to ask, you know, it seems as though you paid attention in life, uh, uh, paid attention in life as you grew up and to what you could control and what you couldn't control. But thinking back, whether it be, let's say, a younger athlete that may be watching this and wants to play at the highest level or even yourself, what's some advice you would give to the younger legacy? What, what, what is some advice you would give looking back today? What advice would you give a younger version of you? that it doesn't stop. So like how you pose the question was like, okay, well you figured it out. It's like, no, 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 I'm still a student. Like I still, like if I go somewhere, I'm asking questions. I'm still paying attention. I'm still trying to like, so like in doing what I'm doing, that's why I made that comment about your intro. Cause I'm like, I re- like I've done that. And I'm like, dang, he just ro- flowed through that. You know? So like, so like I'm always trying to add to my game and add to my tool belts, kind of the concept that I use. So like, that's just how I live life. So I think, I think if my advice that I'd give to a young athlete is that a lot of times when you're younger, it's like, you want to think that you got it, right? Uh, yeah, I got it. Yeah. Okay. I got it. Yeah. I've done it. Already did it. No, no, no. So it'd be like, I think it's like more of a continual, like you're always going to do it. It's not about it being done or did or had. It's like, it's a, it's something you do. Thank you. Yeah, that's very heavy. That was pretty, that's really awesome. Um, For me, it's just more so like, what advice would you give um, to your kids? You know, if you just never saw them again and you want to just give them some advice, what advice would you give to them? So the best advice that I got is probably the advice I'd give them. And so the advice that I got was from my dad. And he said that the most valuable asset that you own is your name. So make sure wherever you go, your name is spoken of highly. So I think when you have that kind of principle that you're operating under, you're going to kind of stick to the right side of things and do the right stuff. And then, you know, so I think you'll, you'll kind of get in the right way. So I think if there was one thing I could say, it'd be that. That's a beautiful answer, man. That's all that we need. Powerful, man. Appreciate you so much. What are some final words or what are some things that uh, somewhere where someone can support or learn more about you or any final parting words you'd like to give to our guests and audience? Yeah, so um, I have the podcast, which I had prints on last week or two weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks um, ago. Yeah, so the podcast is called Wired to Win, and really what it is, it's a it's a personal growth kind of podcast of the mentality. So the the turn the slogan is the mentality it takes to play at your highest level, whether it's personally or professionally. And so really, like like I kind of touched on, I'm into personal growth. So the podcast isn't really me saying what to do. It's more like I'm researching things and then like sharing, or I'm sharing things that have worked for me, or things that I've learned, or that I'm learning or applying. And, you know, and just, we do it like that. So, um, so the podcast is one spot wired to win. Um, Instagram is another, another one. My first name, Leggy Do Nana. Um, 
is another place to interact. And my whole thing is, you know, I'm all about growth and trying to and trying to improve and trying to get better. And and that's the one cool thing I think that's that I've experienced with business is that it's just like your head coach that was standing in front of the team trying to get people to buy into the vision and what we're trying to do and what needs to be done and then holding people accountable. Now I'm the guy standing in front of the room, you know? And so it was like, so I think that what's so cool about it and, and the, the, I don't know why so many people are like, Oh, you're an athlete. Now you do business. And it's like, they're so blown <laughs> away by it. But, but when you really look at it, when you really look at it, it's the same thing, you know? And so like, that's, what's been so cool. And, and then with that, it's like, we're huge on the customer experience. And so with that, it's kind of like that same, this is what we do. It never ends, you know? So it's like, the same principles that I lived by as an athlete and personally, it's like we infuse that into our businesses and, and more importantly than just our businesses, it's like with our employees. So um, just trying to help our employees. And it's been so cool to now be in this thing seven years and to see some of your employees have kids, get married, graduate college and like the transitions they go through. And so, and just see the growth that they have and, and that you're, you know, when they come back and say you're a part of that. So it's just so cool. So and you're getting old is what you start to realize. But, <laughs> but it's just so cool to just kind of like see that and be a part of that. And like, that's like, that's what we do. That's awesome, brother. That's awesome. Man, thank you so very much uh, for being here. Not just being here, but being transparent and helping us all grow. Uh, officially, Prince, any final words? I know you shared your last question. Any final words or final thoughts? Um, man, you know, I'm just extremely proud of you and proud of what you're doing. I mean, this, don't let this be the last time you've been on the show or any type of platform that we're on. And also, man, you know, I support everything that you do every and how you're giving back and just inspiring other athletes to be able to make that transition and helping them um, become wired to win, you know, in the game of life and in, in their professional sport with their skills. So um Kudos to you, man. I'm an advocate for you. If there's anything that you need, please let me know because I support it. You speak the same language. We're both natives of, of Ghana. You know, we got the best of, I mean, I'm sorry, of, of Africa. I mean, I'm from Ghana. You're from Nigeria. But still, it's just, you know, there's a lot of synergy there. Um, and I just, I'm very supportive of it, man. So, and keep, keep up the great work, bro. Man, I appreciate it. You already know because the first time we met, I was already asking how you know how do I write this book? How do I how do I get to it? So, so you're somebody that I study and, and try to you know try to emulate and try to try to awesome. you know aspire to add tools to my tool belt from. So thank Man, you for that's your That's awesome. That's awesome, bro. I sharpens iron, right? You just take it out of my mouth, mm-hmm. man. Speak <laughs> alike. I need to get out there and do those palm trees. They're making me jealous. <laughs> Anyway, no, really, really, really appreciate the conversation as always. Yeah. And thank you, Legadu Nene, for being our incredible guest and being so transparent, yes, joining us and sharing your story. For those of you all watching, please don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to our YouTube page, Game Beyond the Game. And make sure you join us here next week on Game Beyond the Game Facebook every Tuesday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We appreciate you today and always have a great one. Have a good one, you guys. Peace. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new show is posted. And please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. To learn more about our events, courses, and other programming, check out GameBeyondTheGame.com. Thanks so much for listening. Peace.